Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is the Den of Geek podcast, featuring commentary on the latest news from denofgeek.com, as well as other behind-the-scenes content from your favorite movies, TV shows, and more. My name is Michael R. I'm the podcast editor here at Den of Geek, and this is the first and hopefully a number of special editions we'll have for San Diego Comic-Con 2019. It's very busy for those of us on the staff that are out in San Diego this year, but we're hoping that a couple of them will give us a call to let us know how it's going and what panels they've been going to and some highlights from this year's convention. And fortunately, we were able to catch up with David Crow, who's the movies editor at Den of Geek. We're happy you could join us tonight, David. It's day one of the convention, but day two for you, David. How's it been in San Diego so far? Busy, but it's going great. I mean, uh, I'm in San Diego right now where it's been about a high of 72 or 73 every day. So coming from the East Coast, I feel like I'm in heaven. <laughs> yes, indeed. And it's been a rip-roaring first day. Some big announcements coming out and some well-anticipated announcements in the movies world. So what do you have for us that really caught your eye so far at San Diego Comic-Con 2019? Yeah, of course. Well, actually, as you mentioned earlier, today was not the first day for me uh, at Comic-Con. Well, today is the official kickoff of the convention uh warner brothers and new line cinema i should say have been doing for this is the third year now an event they call scare diego as someone who loves puns i highly appreciate that but uh scare diego is tech everyone knows it's part of comic-con except technically it isn't they do it the night before on preview night off-site but it is honestly some of the biggest stuff that's happened recently, including at this Comic-Con, was there. And when I say that, I think you'll be hard-pressed to find a more enjoyable panel than the Scare Diego panel from last night, which was entirely devoted to IT Chapter 2. So in general, what is Scare Diego all about? Does it introduce horror movies each year, or how does that work? Yes, it is New Line bringing out their horrors, like, you know, for the horror gore hounds, and so last year, the big draws were The Nun and The Curse of La Llorona. This year, it was hosted by uh, Conan O'Brien, who is a huge fan. And you could tell he was there because uh, after they, the first thing they did right off the bat was show the trailer, which everyone saw this morning, which is terrifying. So what great trailer. And Conan summed it up best by saying after that trailer played, I have no skin in the game, but that was a great fucking trailer. <laughs> I mean, Coco says he was the host because he's the only one they could get who looks like Pennywise. But no, <laughs> he was clearly a fan, and it was a wonderful presentation, which included all of the actors playing the adult losers, including Jessica Chastain, uh, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, as well as the director, Andy Muchetti, 
who uh, did a wonderful job introducing it. On the lighter side, there were a lot of anecdotes. I believe one was about James McAvoy straining his back in a stun shot and how they used 45,000 gallons of blood, including how they dipped Jessica Chastain head to toe in blood. But for me, for the lighter side, I think people would most enjoy that apparently uh, Jessica Chastain and Andy Muchetti, this is their second movie together. She was in his first movie, Mama, which is a really almost, I'd say, underrated horror movie from, I want to say it was 2013. But apparently they have a tradition, which Andy and Conan O'Brien sprang on uh, Jess last night, where she and the director would sing Tonight You Belong to Me, which is a, you know, a 1926 old standard from the American Songbook. So you can go on uh, our social media and find... <laughs> Jessica Chastain less than enthusiastically joined in and singing with her director this old 20s song while uh, James McAvoy snaps his fingers and does jazz hands. That sounds like it's worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> yeah, so for just this chance to see movie stars riff off each other, that one was really uh, well done. And then, of course, they showed us 20 minutes of footage from a chapter two or thereabouts. And do you agree that the lore for the new version of it has just grown since the first movie came out. It's something that's become more and more popular to the point where the anticipation for it too is very high. Oh yeah. It was the, the first one from 2017 was the highest grossing horror movie of all time, not counting for inflation. And I have every reason to believe that chapter two will be bigger. It certainly feels bigger. And judging from the footage we saw last night, it's, pretty depraved without giving away too many spoilers uh they include the chinese restaurant scene that fans of stephen king's novel will know well but they do uh, some dark riffs on it and it's nice because it's a chance to see all these actors grow into the roles you previously saw as children it's went the first time they're all together again as adults and uh there's just these nice little touches, like uh, Bill Hader comes and sees Ben and uh, Beverly, which is, you know, uh, Ben was overweight as a child, and now he's rather good-looking, and he had a crush on Bev. And then you just have Bill Hader coming in as Richie, but, you know, he's basically playing mean-spirited Bill Hader. He goes, ah, oh, you two look great. What the fuck happened to this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... It's it's actually it seems like it could work as a comedy and then, you know, things go weird. And uh, I can't tell you the most creepy thing they did because it'd be too much of a spoiler, but it certainly homages John Carpenter's The Thing. And Bill Hader even said after they showed the clip, his character Richie says a line straight out of The Thing. And that was just Bill Hader being a movie nerd. But uh, one thing I think I can say, because it's in the trailer is a scene they created specifically for the movie. It's not in the book in which a little boy gets lost in the funhouse and James McAvoy, who plays Bill as an adult, he's, you know, the main character from the first movie, who lost Georgie, his little brother, is trying to save this little boy and it doesn't go well. He, The little boy's trapped on one side of a hall of mirrors that a uh, Bill can't get through, and on the other side is Pennywise with an overextended tongue. And Pennywise starts smashing his face against the glass, and his face literally flattens. 
but that just brings out his fangs more, and it's almost like a like an R-rated grizzly cartoon character as he gets through the glass and gets to the kid, and it's uh, this is some dark stuff, and I think it's going to really tap into uh, what audiences want after the last one from two years ago. All right, great, yeah, farther and farther from the Tim Curry interpretation <laughs> as we go along. Oh yeah. Oh, I I do just want to add that that scene was an improvisation by Andy Machetti. Oh wow. He said, uh, well, he knew he had a funhouse scene with the kid, but he didn't think it was working. And then he's like, why don't we have Bill here? And Bill failed to save the kid, which you know brings back Bill's demons of failing to save Georgie, his little brother from the first movie. So uh, yeah. They're paving their own way as much as they're pulling from Stephen King, and it's it's going to be a nice uh, demented time. Okay, so that was last night. Uh, what else has happened so far for you there at the convention? Well, the biggest stuff was Paramount this morning, and uh, while we were there, everyone had shown up for Terminator Dark Fate, which, if you didn't know, is the cover of Dinner Geek's uh, special edition San Diego Comic-Con magazine this, this year. And while we're doing plugs, I should also add my interview with Andy Michetti, the director of the chapter two is also in that magazine. <laughs> I also saw uh, editor-in-chief Mike Cicchini interviewing uh, Lyndall Hamilton from uh, <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate. So that was exciting to see as well. Yeah, it's good to be the king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had a great enough time at the panel. I, I'm fine with that. But so, yeah, I was in the panel and I would say the biggest news to come out of the panel is director Tim Miller, who was the director of the first Deadpool. He uh, revealed that it's going to be an R-rated movie. In fact, uh, I, be- I believe he said it is in Terminator's DNA to have an R-fucking rating. Yes, more F-bombs. In fact, <laughs> Tim Miller, I think by design, dropped an excessive amount because he had a bet going with Arnold Schwarzenegger Schwarzenegger said he would drop five F-bombs during the panel. I think it might have been closer to 20. But anyways, Arnold was the last to come out. And, of course, the former governor got his $20 bill. He was very happy. <laughs> but, uh, so, yes, Terminator Dark Fate will be R-rated. And the footage they showed definitely underscored that. It Not just because there were some F-bombs in it. But it just seems much more dour in a way I think fans will respond to in a positive way versus Terminator Genesis, which was another Terminator reboot from a few years ago that Schwarzenegger also appeared in. It was a goofy PG-13 model. This, however, looks pretty entertaining. I'm cautiously optimistic. The footage was promising. It showed intense action, but you know the real sell here is Linda Hamilton returning to the role of Sarah Connor. In fact, James Cameron introduced the panel coming at a live stream from Avatar 2 through Bajillion. <laughs> and uh, he said there's only one Sarah Connor, and it's hard to disagree from the footage we saw. She gets the famous line, I'll be back. And Dark Fate seems to be from this is me just speculating the footage we saw she has to deal with even though they averted disaster she says you know judgment day was supposed to be in 1997 my son and i stopped it you're welcome <laughs> they, which is a great line but 
now it seems maybe her son became aimless after they stopped it. John Connors, apparently in the movie, James Cameron confirmed during the panel, Edward Furlong will be playing John Connor. However, uh, he has not been in any of the marketing for it. So it seems Sarah has to deal with the consequences, including even if they prevent one apocalypse, they have to keep fighting against others, including for Sarah, the fact that she is now having to protect a woman who is a lot like her named Danny. We don't know a lot about her, but it ends up her causing her to cross paths with another T-800 played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'll say in the footage, he has the best line. He says, uh, everyone calls me Carl, because he's been living here in disguise for some time. And Sarah says, I'm never going to fucking call you Carl. So. <laughs> That's yeah, great. So, so yeah, they're really selling the R rating in the footage. And again, we'll see. But uh, it certainly looks better than Terminator Genesis. And I was pretty pleased with what we saw. But you were saying that everyone was focused on Terminator Dark Fate. But there was actually something really kind of remarkable to be seen elsewhere, right? Yes. Well, actually... Everyone was there for Paramount's Terminator Dark Fate. I'm not making this up. They showed the footage twice. They made a whole big deal whether they can, and then they did. Uh, And so as the footage was ending, I was getting up to walk away when on stage strolled Conan O'Brien. And uh, Conan was not hosting, I should say, the Terminator panel. uh, Gray Drake, who I know did, and she did a fabulous job. So Conan coming on was clearly a sign that something big was about to happen. And sure enough, he introduced a name that you don't usually associate with San Diego Comic-Con. Tom Cruise came on stage, and of course the crowd went completely nuts to see uh, (laughs) Maverick himself grace them with his presence. And what was he doing there? I mean, what what was the thing that was being plugged, or was it just a appearance of support? Oh, well... Of course, he was there to plug something. He was there to plug Top Gun Maverick. And he introduced the trailer, which is online now. And it looks really, it looks very entertaining. It's highly implausible for a man in his 50s to still be allowed to fly combat, you know, fighter jets. But that's the, that's what they sell the trailer on. I'm sure if anyone listening has already watched the trailer, it was very cool. So Hall H only probably got it a few minutes before the rest of the world. But the fact that Tom Cruise came to introduce it was uh, you know, obviously very neat. That was the joy. And you know, he just came in. He said, you're a great movie crowd. I think he's probably more used to festivals than Comic-Cons. And uh, he introduced it and then just you know, took a gracious bow. And uh, I, it was the surprise of the convention. And personally, I'd be surprised if anything that big happens between now and Saturday evening when uh, Marvel has its panel. Well, that's very exciting. And I guess he needed to take advantage of the focus on Terminator to maybe <laughs> squeeze in a little plug of his own. But but that must have been exciting for the crowd there. Well, they're both Paramount Pictures productions, so yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> exactly. It was no coincidence. <laughs> yeah. No, no, exactly. And making it a surprise means he doesn't have to take any questions. Just introduce <laughs> it and leave. And it's a great headline. So, yeah, it's uh, Comic Con's been off to a pretty exciting start today. 
All right. Well, David, we'll check in with you maybe a little bit later in the convention to see how things are going. But thanks for giving us a breakdown of day one, at least in the movie world. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, just uh, keep going to dinageek.com for all your uh, Comic-Con news. All right. And in the meantime, maybe we'll catch up with some of the other editors at Den of Geek and other reporters that we've sent out there to cover various aspects of San Diego Comic-Con 2019. But that's it for this installment of the Den of Geek podcast. Join us again for some more coverage of San Diego Comic-Con as we get it. And in the meantime, you can obviously follow us on social media at Den of Geek US and follow denofgeek.com for all things San Diego Comic-Con 2019. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.